The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. I've been contemplating exactly how would we describe the situation right now following this judicial uh, issue that's going on. So one could say we're in the wake, the aftermath of the results of what's happened, transpired yesterday rather. Joining us on the line now, Rolene Marks, our correspondent from Israel. Rolene, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you on board. Always great to be here. We are in a time of... Uh, Great uncertainty and great disunity and uh, a, a lot of pain here in Israel. But I just want to stress, because Israel is not at the scenes and this is not the end of Israel. Yes, in difficult times, and, and we are seeing a lot of cracks and fissures mm. come to the surface. And um, I'm going to read to you. The statement that President Herzog, because it's Erev Tisha B'Av, uh, posted to, to Facebook, uh, and it really struck a chord. He says, we are in the midst of extremely difficult times. I see the pictures and hear the voices in the streets, in the Knesset and on social media. I see many Israelis who care so deeply, who are so dedicated, who are filled with immense pain, frustration, and deep and real anxiety over what is happening and what is yet to happen. I see clearly and listen closely, and those heartfelt feelings are truly uh, heart-rendering. In all honesty, over the past few days, I too have woken up with a deep feeling of frustration and a heavy sense of crisis. I am also in a turmoil of emotions. I am also hurting, and I am also angry. As one who thought that an agreement was possible and worked with all his might around the clock to help bridge, to compromise, to lend a hand, and to place ladders to help everyone come down from the tree, I am very disappointed. I have warned about this moment. I have begged for there to be listening, for reaching out, and for responsibility. And uh, he has said to Prime Minister Netanyahu, you hold the responsibility. You need to point the way out of this national crisis. Well, certainly during the course of the day, Roland, watching uh, the news bureaus and what's been transpiring uh, on, in the Holy Land, we're looking at pilots saying they will not report for reserve duty. 28% of Israelis are saying they're prepared to leave the country. National Unity Party is now leading the polls and also prominent scientists indicating they're wanting to resign. And, of course, issues with the medical field. It just It just keeps going on and on. So, yeah, we've got the ripple effect now. It, it is going on. You know, um, the international media didn't pick up on what I saw as a very, very remarkable event that mm. took place um, last week. And that was the march from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. I've written it, about it in the upcoming edition of, of, of the Jewish Report. But it was really a, a moment for me when I can feel exactly what the president um has been describing, and millions of us in Israel are, are, are feeling this uh, at the moment, this deep sense of uh, 
divide and not knowing where we go from here. The news coming in yesterday, just after you and I spoke about Morgan Stanley um, uh, uh, downgrading, downgrading Israel's mm-hmm. credit rating, Moody's, Citibank also warning, also saying that they're warning investors the impact that it is having on our economy, on our stock exchange, on our uh, uh, shekel. Uh, and, you know, one would say Prime Minister Netanyahu, Finance Minister Betzalel Smotrich, read the room. You can't just brush it off and say this is temporary and once the dust settles, uh, everything will be okay. This is uh, this is a real fear, and this is what Israelis are feeling right mm. now. There's an inherent feeling, and I know that there are many listening who don't want to hear what I have to say right now. There are many who are feeling that the Prime Minister has lost control over his government. There are many who are feeling that he's putting his own... Um, legal needs ahead of the needs of this country and there are many who are feeling the absolute lack of uh, sensitivity of people like Betzalel Smotrich, of Itamar Ben-Gavir, of Yariv Levine, of Simcha Rothman uh, and others who are absolutely um, hell-bent on ramming through these reforms. Uh, we have had a filing with the Supreme Court by Yeshatid to, uh, uh, to give a ruling to demand that Justice Minister Yariv Levin reconvenes the committee to select judges. There was that uh, a, a significant defeat of the coalition just over a month ago where their candidate was put forward against the opposition's candidate and lost out to the opposition candidate, uh, Karine El-Hara. Uh, and the issue here, and I'm going to be very honest, is not so much the reforms and uh, uh, whatever clauses are, are voted through. Yes, they are an issue, especially in the current iteration. The big overriding factor that uh, people like Brett Stevens of the Wall Street Journal that many of us are, are talking about, that the defense forces are talking about when they speak about not showing up for reserve duty, is whose benefit will these reforms serve Israel right now has a government, and we've had right-wing governments before, so we can't just say it's a right-wing government. But this is probably the most extreme government that Israel has had in 75 years. And there is a very, very real fear amongst Israelis. A last poll had at 62% who are very concerned about the decisions that will be made by members of this government, especially somebody like Betzalel Smotrich, who shares a massive portfolio, a massive defense portfolio in the um, West Bank of what kind of orders a man who is on record, even though he tried to walk it back, saying that I believe that it should be the state to burn Palestinian villages when you have a national security minister who himself has been accused of incitement and is clashing with his own police force saying the the um, 
guys who burn houses and, and Palestinian property are sweet young boys. This is the palpable fear that is mm. existing in the country. I, <clears throat> and again, I want to stress, I know many of you um, uh, uh, disagree with what I'm saying and, and don't necessarily want to hear this, but when we have 230 pilots saying they don't trust who is giving orders, we have a real problem. Oh, boy. Well, okay, Rowling, let's look at some uh, international reaction to this now. The United States is stressing there will be no cuts of aid because of these judicial reforms, at least. Yes, the United hmm. States have said yeah. that their um, support for Israel is absolutely ironclad, that their partnership, this is uh, uh, Vidant um, Patel, this was the spokesperson of the State Department last night, saying uh, there's absolutely uh, no way that the United States is cutting aid to Israel. I know that there are many uh, voices, especially the, um, pro, pro, uh, the so-called progressive, I call them regressive camp in the Democratic Party, calling for a cutting of aid. But uh, the U.S. has reiterated that's not going to happen. Uh, yes, we had the White House um, uh, press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, earlier today when she was asked whether or not Prime Minister Netanyahu will be meeting with President Biden at the White House. She was very, very non-committal and said, you know, there, there definitely are, are talks uh, around that. There are ongoing talks. But make no mistake that this is one weapon in the president's arsenal that he could use to mm. uh, to send a message to Prime Minister Netanyahu and, and delay that invitation and perhaps not meet him in uh, the White House. Um, the Prime Minister uh, has weapons of his own and today made sure that he was photographed speaking to China's ambassador to Israel as, they, as the two discussed an upcoming state visit. So we are very aware that Israel right now is also in a war of optics and, and I think the one person whose position um, probably bears the, the most burden of shouldering all our concerns, uh, all our uh, diplomatic issues is President Herzog. Oh, uh, Rolene, I've got some uh, comments coming in. Yeah, agree with Rolene, you are 100% correct. It's sad and worrying and concerning, says Anonymous, and Gail is saying send big love and strength to Rolene. Rolene, we're going to have to leave it Thanks, there. Gail. Thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. At least uh, two other points I can just uh, bring up of, uh, shall we say, feel-good uh, note is Panama becomes the 42nd country to adopt the IHR definition of anti-Semitism, and Israel's Foreign Minister Eli Cohen is on his first visit to West Africa to meet with the president of Ghana and certainly from what I recall earlier on in news reports there are some projects in the pipeline and uh, shall we say uh, yeah plans in the pipeline to strengthen ties between Israel and Africa